Hello, this is What the Heck Literature Dweck. I think this is season two, episode 13. And uh, today I'm doing a Nostalgia Rich episode, as I'm putting it, about the movie uh, series franchise, basically. Uh, it is technically Three Ninjas. Um, if you grew up in the 90s, or really, like in the 90s, or were born in the 80s and 90s and saw it, uh, it was a pretty uh, big phenomenon. The first movie came out in 1992, and it did really well. It, it drew really well for the box office, and uh, it just went downhill from there. But uh, the premise is basically, there's these three brothers, Samuel is the oldest, Jeffrey is the male child, and Michael is the youngest, and their last name is Douglas, and their father is an FBI agent, and their grandfather on their mother's side is a martial arts master, he's a ninja. And in the movie, there are series, there are good ninjas and there are bad ninjas, basically. And... The good ninjas are more like samurai, like that's their like, code, and grandpa teaches that. So basically, what the plot is, is that these three boys, they're, uh, the oldest is 12, the middle child is 10, and the uh, youngest, Michael, is, uh, is the youngest he's eight. And they train every summer since they were really little kids. Uh, with their grandfather to be ninjas and uh, they so what happens is their father is chasing after Hugo Snyder who is an arms dealer and a former pupil former student of their grandfather and their grandfather is split over basically creative differences <laughs> really he was uh, he wanted grandpa to teach him you know, and him to, you know, murder people and use it for evil. And he was like, no, I use it for goodness. So, in coincidence, his, uh, his daughter ends up marrying the FBI agent, Sam, who, uh, who is, uh, chasing Snyder. So, uh, that's a big thing. And, uh, with Sam... Like, the father. The thing with him is he's always busy with his job, and also he doesn't like the whole martial arts thing. He doesn't like the whole ninja thing that they're doing. He thinks they could get hurt, and... He doesn't care for it, and he doesn't get along that well with Grandpa. You know, he kind of finds, you know... They have different uh, perspectives, you know. Their traditions are different. And uh, the mom, she's always supportive. Now, the thing that's tricky is this is a uh, pretty whitewashed movie. Uh, they are, uh, they have a Japanese grandfather, a grandmother that isn't in the picture, she must be dead or something, and uh, she's American, and then the mom is American, and the actors, none of the actors are Japanese except the grandfather, who is played by uh, Oh, what's his name? Victor Wong. Uh, Victor Wong did all the movies, which is a good thing to know because not everyone did. And he was just really great. He was that Mr. Miyagi, uh, Master Splinter type of type. Because they borrowed heavily. They even admitted, like, on the cover. Like, they took from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which came out, the movie, the live movie came out in 1990, in the 80s, uh, Karate Kid came out, so there was a lot of, like, karate fever, and, uh, ninja fever, basically, and they had that come up. So, basically, as we move on in the story, three boys, they're getting pretty good in their training, you know, they're, so, the next step is they get ninja names, and masks, they get these kabuki masks, and, uh, it's interesting. And the grandfather, he has Mori, he has 
like a Darth Maul kind of red and black mask. And uh, Samuel, the oldest, he gets a green mask, like Kabuki mask, and he's given the name Rocky because he's solid in his superpower. Like they each have a, like superhuman strength, like superhuman ability. And his ability is that he is strong in both mind and physically like super strong. So he's like the Donatello and Leonardo of the of the three. And then Jeffrey is becomes cult becomes cult because he's the uh, fast and free like a young wild horse. He's the Raphael of the group, he's like, you know, always loves to fight and has a short temper. And he has, like, big middle, like, child syndrome. He's very, uh, you know, he has confidence issues and he's like, you know, and he doesn't like that his dad doesn't support what they do and doesn't like grandpa and their whole thing. And uh, he's just like, you know, staying there. And uh, the youngest, Michael, he becomes Tom Tom because his energy begins in his stomach. He's not a, like, strictly fat kid. He's pretty chubby, but he's a little chubby. But his whole thing is that he eats a lot. He eats a lot of food and candy and stuff. So the youngest, his mask and outfit is orange in the first movie. It's yellow in the second movie when he's played by another person. And then another person plays that character in the fourth, which is uh, his color's red then. And then, in the first movie, Rocky's colors, same Rocky, his colors are uh, green. And, uh, like, first it's just a regular with green, and then in two more movies, it's just, like, a lighter green. And then in the last movie, it's uh, where he's played by a different actor. Again, everyone's played by a different actor at the last movie. It's more of a sage green. I had to look it up. Like, it's, like, a grayish brain and uh Holt Jeffrey he is blue and first he's light blue and then you know it's kind of like a lighter hue of blue in the beginning like movies first couple of movies and then the last one he's the uh, and start blue it's regular blue and uh Michael sometimes his color is orange in the first two and yellow in the third and the fourth it's red but uh you know that's uh, so back to the first movie it came out in 1992 and the thing about it that's so just different is it's a great movie in terms of how funny it is there's a lot of great lines in it and a lot of great quotes it's so quotable and uh so basically going on with everything so they go back so they're they get their ninja names and they get to practice on this dummy uh these the four the parts of the body that are you know weak points and basically when you hit the dummy the eyes light up and it's supposed to be like these are this the pressure points that you're supposed to hit and the pressure points are the are the heart, are the heart, under the arms, armpits, the stomach, and like the belly and the groin, and uh, they already do that last one a whole bunch, <laughs> but uh, they um, so what happens is uh. Snyder visits Grandpa's cabin to see, uh, he lives in California in a cabin while they live in the city of California. So he goes and visits them to get Sam off his back, to get the father off his back, you know. He, um, so he goes, brings his Nindiswa to Grandpa's house the boys, you know, spring into action and they beat up all the like ninjas that are supposed to be like foot soldiers, soldiers, and then uh, Grandpa fights some of them and 
you know, he's, you know, when they're going over and he's threatening Grandpa and telling him to, you know, either to get the father off his back and also that he will, uh, if not, he will go after their daughter or whatever, his wife, his daughter, and uh, he hints at that and Grandpa's like, you know, but from far away, it looks like to the kids, like they're like getting along. Like they're being very, like cause Snyder's being very jovial. And uh, he, um, so they leave. And uh, the boys have to go back for school. And uh, Samuel Rocky, he, uh, he has this neighbor who, next door neighbor who's his girlfriend. Emily, and uh, they always tease him, his brothers, you know, Rocky loves Emily, and in most of the movies, he's uh, the guy with the girlfriend, he's the one with the girlfriend, except for the second movie, but, um, so, there's that whole thing, so, what happens, isn't this the best part of the, these are the best parts of the movie, is... Schneider hires his idiot uh, nephew, um, not his nephew, his assistant, Mr. Brown, who's like this nebbish, like, Jewish assistant, and he, uh, he hires his nephew, his nephew to, uh, do it, and his nephew is, um, Fester, and he's a, He's a surfer dude, and he has two surfer buddy dudes, and they're, uh, they talk like Bill and Ted, basically. You know, they're saying dude and radical and stuff, and they're great. They have great lines. Like, uh, they're introduced, and they're reading uh, Beach Magazine, and it looks like it's going to be, like, some type of, like, bikini model that you're talking about. They're like, oh, I want to ride her, and then... You see the picture, and it's a surfboard. Very funny. And then they bring up, they try to, uh, they steal the, uh, they rob the place. They rob, like, the the uh, convenience store that they're at. And they do it, like, very jovially. Like, very, like, just affable. Like, the professor's affable. He's like, those three boneheads are sticking up, and they just, like, and then his page goes off, and he gets the message, and he asks, hey, sir, can I please use your telephone? So... He, so they give them the job, the three surfer idiots, the job of kidnapping the kids. And, uh, back at, back with the kids, they are uh, driving to get them to school on their bikes. And, uh, they're doing all the cool tricks and they're all show-offs, like, basically. Like, that's the fail-fall, is they, um... They are very cocky sometimes, and uh, they, um, so they're riding with Emily to school, and these group of bullies uh, stop them, and they're stealing bikes, so they take Emily's, and, well, Rocky's out, and, like, doing stunts on his, on his bike on the way to school in there, so... When they're in school, they during recess they um, they play basketball against the bullies for uh, for the bikes back, and then if not, they're gonna get beat up. So they uh, well, in the American version, there are two versions of the movie. There was the American version, which was like very edited to be, like, it's not pretty dark for a kid's movie, but it's, you know, like, the fight scenes have, uh, with the kids and stuff, have, uh, sound effects, like, very cartoony sound effects, like, you know, like, Batman, like, the, the 60s show, and, uh, the, um, and in the Japanese version, there's a different ending because when they face them in basketball, they spot them nine points. They give them...
they give them nine points. They get the bogus nine points. And they beat them. And they get Emily her bike back. But then, in the Japanese version, they lose the game. And they do the same thing with nine points, they give them nine, so then they lose the game. And, uh, they... And at the end of the film, Rocky takes out the boy. Like, it's a very cool scene because it totally fits like Rocky's, like, M.O. Because Rocky's very responsible, he doesn't fight, he's not like Colt, where he wants to fight. He's like, you know, he gets slapped twice, he gets shoved, and he's, he gets shoved twice, and then he uh, looks at Emily, and he's like, and she's like, allows him to, she's like, show off, and he beats the crap out of the kid. And, uh, they couldn't show that. They didn't want to do that ending for the uh, for the American version because they didn't want any kid on kid violence. And uh, with so back to them, they when Emily her bike back in the American version, and they and that's their thing. So they go home and they find out Colt is in. His parents, uh, his parents, like, they have, like, two offices, it turns out. And he's in his dad's office. And he sees on the, uh, on the, on the, pamp on the, uh, he saw at the cabin earlier in, like, a dinner scene that there was someone's hand, like, a third hand in the picture of, uh, him and his grandmother, who's not in the movie. She might be dead or whatever, but... Uh, and so Colt asks Grandpa, like, who is this guy? Like, whose hand is that? And he says, no one. And then he sees the picture on his dad's, uh, you know, work portfolio and sees that it's Snyder and that he and it has it written down that he and Snyder are business associates, like that Grandpa and Schneider are businesses. What he doesn't know is that they're not friends anymore. Is that they're not partners anymore. So he thinks, like, Grandpa's a bad guy. So they're all distraught about that. That that might be a thing. And, uh... So... The three surfer dudes, they, uh... They go and scout the kids and, you know, like... And... While they're on their way to school, and that's a really cool scene. A couple scenes. Very funny stuff. Um, they're in a car. And they're riding and they're following the kids on their bikes. And they're doing like all these uh, cool bike tricks. like, And uh, they run into a cop. And then the kids are like, oh, someone got a ticket. And then they tell him to shut up. And he's like, no, not you, the kid. <laughs> And uh, one of the like, greatest lines ever is Fester. He, uh, he has a muffin in his hand. And when he sees the kids like to follow them, he, he throws it behind his shoulder and goes, he looks at it and says, see you later, Mr. Muffin Man, and throws it away. <laughs> and uh, it's so funny. But um, so just great classic lines. So they go to... Uh, so they go to the house and they see that the feds are all there and they are uh, at the house. So they come back the other night and that night it's back to where Colt is in the father's you know office looking at the portfolio and the mother is about to go out to dinner, like a late dinner with the father and up and you know he's. You know, she's going to try and, you know, go over things with him about if they should do martial arts still. Because the dad's, like, not really into it. He doesn't want to support it. So he's strict. So, three guys come, three surfer dudes, um, and they beat up a, uh, they steal the outfit of a, uh, of a pizza delivery guy, and... They attack the babysitter with a pizza, and then they come in. And the boys decide, okay, well, uh, if they can take out these three guys themselves, then 
their father will see them as heroes and want to continue to do what to to be ninjas with their grandfather and they have great homolong pranks and uh, they're just like they make smoke bonds out of like paprika and like kind of stuff and they uh they do all this different stuff and uh it's great it's one of the most enjoyable parts of the movie too so they take care of them and then the uh then Snyder's, the rest of Snyder's people show up, Mr. Brown, and they have this big, uh, like, sumo wrestler guy. Like, he was actually a real pro wrestler. And, uh, they, so he's a huge guy. So he connects them and brings them to the boat. They have, like, a ship. It's their main operation, the bad guys. And what's interesting is, in between all this happening, grandfather is uh, doing espionage himself, finding out the uh, ship, finding the ship and everything. And the FBI followed him to get, you know, to get it. So, uh, when they kidnap the kids, they all freak out and uh, they give a note and they say what happened, like, we took your kids and uh, Sam is like ready to get out there. And then, out of nowhere, <laughs> his grandpa and his outfit with his sword and he uh and they have like a conversation like he's like okay just give me one hour and I will save the kids and he lets it happen the dad lets grandpa go do his thing and grandpa just comes in with his 63 year old just stuff and he takes every ninja out and he's you know making his way through and uh kids are kidnapped they escape and they go through the whole entire uh, ship and there's a lot of fight scenes and it's really great just great stuff and they get to the main training facility and there's even more fight scenes and it's all great choreography choreography you know the older two actors that play Rocky and Chloe are extremely good because they're both black belts uh, the one who plays Tum Tum, Michael, who plays Michael, and who's also Tum Tum, the one who plays Tum Tum is, uh, he's not as advanced, but he's obviously, like, a brown belt, like, he's obviously, like, you know, something, but he can't do a whole lot more. You know, his, his stuff is very much more, uh, down, like, uh, like, mostly nut shots, like, that's basically his thing. But, um, so they had all these great fight scenes. And then the ninjas, all the groups of them, bring out guns and their guns and the boys surrender. And then grandpa comes down to save them. And uh, in the Japanese version, he saves the kids in another scene where they're in a hallway and he throws a ninja star at them and they duck in time, and it hits the three ninja, the three uh, like group of bad guys, like the bad guy that's behind them, that he was aiming for, and uh, they um, but in the American version, he jumps down and flips, screams Banzai, which I think might be you know interesting for him to, to have an actor like that do, but he. Uh, so he comes down and he agrees with uh, Snyder to, if he beats Snyder, the, the kids can go free. And uh, they have this big fight scene and he, he is being Grandpa and Grandpa's told the kids not to interfere. But Tum Tum, who eats these jelly beans, uh, gives Grandpa these handful of jug beans and uh, Grandpa uses them to choke Snyder and then when what's funny is like in the earlier scene in the movie uh, when they first go to sleep and they they are uh, he, he chokes on a jelly bean before he goes to sleep sometime so it's like a setup it's like oh he chokes on a jelly bean and it seems like an innocuous thing like just a funny line in the movie 
and it happens at the end and helps them out. So their father, uh, so Snyder is beaten and he refuses to lose and he takes a rifle from one of the ninjas and he uh, prepares to shoot and he gets shot in the shoulder by uh, their father and their father accepts that they have their ninja names and he treats them as heroes and they go to uh, get pizza and that's it and it's a great you know it's very enjoyable and you know it was a big surprise hit you know it was great in marketing and it's a movie that holds up for kids it holds up for teenagers and young adults and like just like lines and just funny quotable lines and then now this is tricky the second movie the chronological second movie came out after the third the third movie was released first so I'm going to talk about the second movie although it's technically the third movie and technically chronologically the second movie so this one is knuckle up and all the actors are the actors are returned for the boys so it's all the same cast and it was filmed the same year but um so they're in that part of uh california with their grandfather and they're in more of an indian type of reserve land which is cool because that actually is like an indian like land like a native american land in uh that area of california so basically what's going on is they see that these this corporate billionaire guy is a business guy is uh, polluting the land of the uh, of their land for the uh, Native Americans and uh, the kids get involved because girl Joe and her uh, she's like around their age she's like 12 13 she um, her father gets kidnapped and uh, by the guys because he has a disc that'll prove in court that what they're doing is you know polluting the land and uh, you know they're polluting the land it's killing their people and it's this movie's PG-13 because uh, of a couple scenes and uh, there's two scenes in it that got it a PG-13 rating which are in the same couple of scenes so it's their first fight they go to the pizza parlor and for like brunch or whatever it basically is and their grandfather's getting groceries because there's nothing to eat so they get pizza they go to this pizza parlor and joe the girl her father's kidnapped and uh the assistant to the the goons there of the uh of that politician He's not like a politician, he's like a business dude. And uh, he is, you know, he has these, he has three, you know, nephew, he has three people that are like the three goons in the first movie. But they're more like, the two guys are, uh, like one guy's more threatening than the other, than the other surfer dudes. But um, anyway. The mean guy, he pours beer on her and on Joe, and he throws her to the ground after she punches him. So, you know, it's a big, like, Tria is a big deal, like, that he did that. And then Colt and Tom Tom fight the bad guys first. And Rocky, he's playing a uh, driving game in the arcade. So he's like, there's the arcade part, and he's, you know, playing and then he notices they're fighting and he stops them so he stops them from fighting and he helps out and uh you know they have the standard line that fits Colt the best you know he's Rocky's like you know fighting Colt don't fight and Colt's like I'm not fighting I'm kicking butt and uh and 
this is where the other scene happens, where he, where they got PG-13 rating. He was one of the goons, one of the three guys. He's like the second in command. He comes at them with a knife. And Rocky steps in. He beats him, he disarms him with a knife. And he does this really cool thing where he he makes the knife disappear. Like he makes it flip and stuff and he, he like makes it disappear before smacking him on the hand. Like he looks like he's gonna stab him, but he makes it disappear and he goes, and then he yells at the, and then he tosses the guy like, you know, his responsible self, Rocky's like, typical Rocky, he's like, you shouldn't play with knives, man, that's a bad example. <laughs> they scurry off. And uh, they follow the three goons later and help Joe find her uh, father. And then they make all these weapons and they uh, they go at night and they, uh, they save the dad. Now what they did is they were lying to the grandfather, not telling him anything. So they were tired and, you know. So they lie to him when they say that they're not doing anything. So basically what happens is after they have that first fight scene, they, uh, grandfather, they get in trouble because they're only being heroes to help themselves. They're only doing it to be heroes, not to do the right thing. He tells them to be more like flowers and talk to the flowers and hear from the flowers and they have no idea what he, he means. And uh, so they go and help Joe. They sneak out late and everything. And uh, when they come back, they're tired. So he, uh, he makes them a little bit early and then they go out again and they go to a ceremony where they're sort of, they're gifted, like, you know, for courage, and, like, the, uh, the Indian tribe, uh, the tribe uh, accepts them and says, you know, they're so brave, and it's, it kind of has this white savior, like, type of deal to it that's not exactly PC, like, and, but it's a very nice scene, and, you know, they do their own dance, and, uh, the guys come back, the cowboys, and, they come back and they um and there's a fight scene but this time grandpa's involved grandpa has you know come and you know he uh he helps fight them so they uh they go to they gotta go to the hearing next and uh they get you know it's, they get a hard time going there. Rocky ends up driving a real car to, uh, to try and get there. And uh, that's a f very interesting, like, scene's kind of funny stuff. And uh, he, um, you know, it's like, he, uh, so they end up at this, like, biker, like, part of, like, Barker, biker, or an area of the, the town area and uh, they take out all the bikers in this great fight scene and they have more stuntmen involved but the stuff that they do do is pretty good and the, you know the fight scenes are really good so they go to like Colt has these great like parkour scenes and you know he's just all around the saloon and flipping and doing all this stuff and uh they, they beat all the guys, they beat all the bikers, and they beat the, uh, the, the other cowboys and the, the three other cowboy guys, the trio of idiots that they always have to face every movie, and then they uh, also attack the security guards, and, you know, the mayor and the main police chief, they're, like, they're good guys, obviously, but they're, you know, they're submissive to the bad guys. So they're like bad by proxy, but they're not bad people. So, you know, they don't really have to attack that security guard and they don't. So anyway, he, they're in the court hearing and Jack, the uh, businessman, he gives the father, Joe's father, a fake disc, you know, and it just shows weather reports from here and it just, it looks, 
bad. It looks like they don't have anything. But then they get him the right, they get the right in time, and they give him the real disc. And then the, uh, they have like a consultant, like a, a uh, like scientist for like the uh, pollution. And he realizes, then he uses the computer and everything, and it turns out that they are guilty of, you know, doing what they were doing with pollution. And uh, it's over. So he is arrested or whatever, charged. And uh, it's a great, you know, second movie. You know, the fight scenes are really good, but it's not as quotable as the first movie. And there's a lot of, like, there's just this, I mean, it can be off-putting, I guess, even though it's pretty, you know, innocent as much as it can be, being a PG, being a kid's movie, even though it's PG-13. It's, uh, you know, there's a white savior type of, you know, thing that you can kind of, from it. But uh, anyway, that's the third thing. So third movie, which was released, so that movie's called Knuckle Up, and the, uh, third movie, which was released second, is called Kickback, and it has a baseball subplot. Their dad, who is still an FBI agent, but his, like, thing during the summer is, like, I guess he wants them to play baseball, like he did. So they play baseball, as well as do American training. And Grandpa has to go to Japan to, uh, to get this dagger that he won when he was a teenager and accidentally scarred his uh, f childhood enemy's face with after he tried to take the dagger that Grandpa won. He accidentally scarred the kid across the face. So, Grandpa has to keep bring that knife to Japan. So, the only, the two actors that play Rocky and Tum Tum now are different actors. And both were in uh, an episode each of uh, Full House, um, but like separate episode of Full House. But both actors are not uh, don't have martial arts experience. Only the same kid that played Cole in the other movies, other two movies, is back as Cole, and he has the martial arts experience. This has the least uh, amount of you know fight scenes like that are good, like. There's nothing really, you know, you can tell, like, that Cold the only one, and they have a third actress, well, talk about that, um, so they go to, so, they have the championships coming up for their, for their baseball game, basically what happened is the bullies from the first movie, except the main one, the second chief in command bully is now the main one, Darren, and he's the captain of the other, of the opposing baseball team. And what they do is they always cheat. Like, they're always, like, trying to piss off Colt to get him to fight and lose his temper. And thing is, like, you know, it's like, why would you piss off, like, a kid that can kick your ass? But they, you know, they throw sand in his eyes and it causes a whole brawl because Colt ends up losing his temper. And uh, they're told they're given a week off, and the championships are to resume. So, Grandpa wants the has to take that dagger to Japan to um, to give to a new person that wins the tournament. So, they um, so what's going on now is. The three boys have to decide if they're going to go stay and play baseball or go to Japan. And they decide to play baseball. Tum-Tum wants to go to Japan, but it turns out he only wants to go because he wants to learn how to be a sumo wrestler. And, because uh, they get to eat all that. And, um, so, they choose not to go to Japan with their grandfather. And what turns out is he accidentally takes the wrong bag. And he, uh, and so he, uh, so before that, before everything, before they leave, uh, they're at his camp and, and uh, they decide not to go. And then he goes and gets 
something before dinner, groceries or whatever, and uh, they clean up, and then the uh, they have then uh, the guy that lost to Grandpa and wants that dagger because the dagger will open this uh, this cave of gold and unlock this cave of gold. But that's like just like a rumor, kind of. So that might not be true. But they, that's what he's after. So he hires his nephews, again, the three bumbling uh, idiots, uh, henchmen. And this time they're wannabe rock and rollers. They're wannabe rock stars. And uh, they come by and they get beaten up and, you know, they run away. But then they, um, they follow the grandfather to Japan and, uh, They get the, uh, they get the dagger, and, uh, it, and they try and get the dagger, so they go to Japan, after they find out that their grandfather got in a car accident, he gets in a car accident because the great bumbling idiots jump it, drive into his taxi, and, uh, grandfather has these really mean nurses and uh, you know, so they, the bags get switched so they end up going and the bags don't get and the, the uh, thing doesn't get stolen so um, the dagger doesn't get stolen but they go to Japan they go to the tournament and during the tournament the last guy uh, there's 18 people tournament and the last guy looks to get injured, and he's wearing blue, and that's Colt's color. So Colt takes his place, he pretends to be the guy, and comes back out and says he's fine. And then, Colt faces this person, and it beat them, and it turns out it's a girl their age named Mio. And she wants to learn how to play baseball, and she's not good. And, uh, so she's teaching them how to be better ninjas, and they're teaching her how to play baseball. And uh, they're going to award her the dagger. And uh, they need their grandfather to do it. So, um, they, uh, uh, Koga is the name of the uh, bad guy. And he, uh, he goes after the grandfather because of, you know, scarring him and also wanting to get the gold, the dagger for the gold. So he chases after them and, it ends up that the gold is real, but the uh, but the cave uh, bends, is, the the cave goes down, and he and he decides to leave and uh, with them, and they save him and they help him out. They help him escape with them, and uh, he. Basically, you know, he turns into a good guy, but, like, reluctantly. It's like, why are you a good guy now? Just because your goal didn't work? But, uh, I guess he's grateful that they saved him. So, that whole thing, and then they go home, and they play their basketball game. They're not baseball. They're not basketball. They play their baseball game. And the thing with that is, like, the big thing is control. Like, Rocky has to control himself because... Lisa Di Marino was like this local girl that he had a crush on, that he was fantasizing about in the first game, and Tom Tom wasn't paying attention because he was eating, and Colt was getting picked on, so he was losing his temper. So, Rocky doesn't need to, you know, care anymore about Lisa. He's, you know, he became, you know, Mio, the Japanese girl, the pink Colt, became his girlfriend. So, uh, his love interest. So, he, um, so, uh, I forgot to mention in the last movie, in the second movie, Joe, uh, 
she and Colt uh, get together. Like, there's a scene where Colt asks Rocky, he's like, you're not into her, are you? And Rocky's like, no, she's fine. <laughs> and Colt's like, falls off his bike. He's like, you know, he's like, uh, they're riding their bikes. And he's like, uh, you know, good, because hey, uh, it can ruin your concentration, I think, about girls. And then it turns out that he likes Joe. So he ends up with her. But uh, Rocky's back to having the girlfriend in the movie. And uh, they go back. And she plays on their team now. She's able to film on their team. And uh, Neo. And Colt's big thing is he is not doing well with concentrating. So he was like doing bad with learning how to do uh, ninja stars. And uh, he ends up being able to to learn how to do it by uh, he takes this little ninja ball and throws it at the gun of the bad guy when he tries to shoot uh, them at the end before his you know good guy turn and uh, so now he just has to concentrate and he's getting messed with the entire game again but he's keeping a level head. And then he, you know, he hits one home run almost, but gets fouled. And then he should have gotten locked, in my opinion, when he got gets the ball thrown in his head. But, you know, they just yell at the, the umpire, just yells at the, uh, the, uh, and, uh, they, um, so they, so Cole ultimately hits the home run and... They win the game, and their father's proud of them. And uh, it's just not a great movie. I mean, they have like these little things that they added into the movie, like humor that they didn't have in the in the first movie. Like the first movie is great because they have you know all these great uh, like lines, and they're pretty wholesome, and they're not like you know not like poop and fart jokes like that are in usual kids movies and uh, that you see all the time nowadays too they are uh, you know they add like, fart jokes into this third movie you know there's a uh, there's a kid on the opposing team who uh, eats beans and farts and that's like his whole thing gimmick thing and it's just terrible and the fight scenes just aren't that great and uh so, 1998 is, it's 1998 next, is the uh, fourth movie. Now, the fourth movie can either be counted as a sequel or a, uh, or a reboot. Because the grandfather is the same, the parents are the same, the kid actors are different. And there's no, no they don't do the narrate, narration of the boys talking age. All three of the rest of the movies have narration of the boys talking they don't have their kabuki mask that they got with their ninja names but they still learn regular ninja names and they're regular real names so you know it's continuity and uh they um the three actors are different uh the kid that plays Rocky Samuel has a is named Matthew Bodicus and he was on a few like ABC family shows in uh, the early and mid 2000s and uh, like 7th Heaven and stuff like that and I guess he has some martial arts experience he seemed to be pretty advanced and then the actor that plays Cole played Rocky the Red Ranger in uh, Power Rangers in the third season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the first series of Power Rangers but he didn't get to fight he only got to be the kid version of the Red Power Ranger when they got changed into Chozer, but he never had the fight, but Michael Olasky is his name, Michael Olasky the second, and he's an MMA fighter now, and he's, like, super relevant still, and he's great, so he plays Colt, and, uh, they, and then the kid that plays Tum Tum is 10 now, and he looks like he's 4, <laughs> he looks way younger, he looks, like, way younger, but he's blonde and he's you know different but with him what's really cool is he's obviously a much more advanced like level martial artist than the others before him 
so he's right on the level of uh, stuff like he's flexible now but um what happens is they go through this training thing and it, they're doing it and they succeed but then it turns out that that was just a test and it's actually going to be uh they actually have to do it again in the dark and they fail and uh They, um, they decide that Rocky is 15, Colt is 14, and Tom Tom's turning 10. So this is going to be his birthday. And uh, they are going to... So Rocky decides, hey, I'm going to get my driver's license next year. I want to spend more time at the beach. I want to, you know, I want to have with my life. I like doing the ninja stuff had fun adventures with grandpa but I don't want to and uh Cold is like you know he's kind of decides okay he wants to be a teenager now and do stuff but sometimes still wants to to do it and he's a big fan of this tv show that's like a mix of Power Rangers and He-Man it's called Dave Dragon and the Star Force 5 and Dave Dragon is played by Hulk Hogan and, uh, yes, that Hulk Hogan, who was in WCW at the time. And, uh, they, um, so, basically what happens is Grandpa overhears this, and, uh, he thinks, like, okay, like, the kids are growing up, they're not gonna need me that much anymore, I'm not gonna be around much longer, Tum Tum, it's not gonna have me forever to be around, and, uh, he, um, he's very solemn about it, but, uh, so what's happening with Tum Tum is he sees that, uh, Dave Dragon, his favorite superhero, is going to be having a live show performance at Mega Mountain, which is the amusement park where Tum Tum's having his 10th birthday. So he sees on the show, on the television show, before that it, that it's uh, when he comes back he's watching the show and it turns out the show's being cancelled because kids don't believe in heroes anymore and uh, he goes so the show is getting cancelled but his last appearance will be at Mega Mountain so sometimes he's least excited for that but he's sad about the uh, about the news of the show being cancelled it's great character work when it's like his mom comes in with this big sandwich and it has all this stuff and she like gives it to him and it's his favorite and he doesn't eat it because it's too depressed. And then what happens is they have a new neighbor, Amanda, and she's like a computer whiz type and her father works on like action movies. It's like a tech guy. So she has this remote control airplane and she accidentally uh, makes it go through Rocky's window so she meets the boys and they invite her to the amusement park for Tumtum's birthday they go to the amusement park it's great you know montage of them at the amusement park and like before that when they arrive Rocky has a girlfriend named Jennifer and he hangs out with her and her friends who are you know these two dudes, and this one girl who's nice, and these two are dudes who are douchebags. And, uh, so they're separated from Rocky. And, uh, they go and see the Dave Dragon show, that show. And what happens is that, uh, that the park is infiltrated by this woman, Marianne Rogers, known as Medusa. And that is Lonnie Anderson in a dominatrix outfit, basically. That's what she wears. She comes in as a nun with all her gang of people. Her number two guy is uh, Ernest, the actor who plays Ernest. And, uh, you know, like Ernest here, stupid like those type of movies. And, uh, you know, the, he, um, and he, Jim Varney, that's his name, the actor's name, and, uh, 
So he's the number two guy, and she has three nephews again who are, you know, bumbling idiots. But they have even a bit less personality than the people before them. So they infiltrate the park, and what she's gonna do is she's gonna hijack the rides. She wants to get, to get ransom money from the owner of the park. So he's given her a million dollars. So they decide when they get there that. You know, Dave Dragon's just an actor, but he might be, you know, a um, a problem. And uh, they kidnap him. So, Cole and Tum Tum go backstage for Tum Tum to get an autograph from Dave Dragon, and they see that he's knocked out, and uh, he gets knocked out, and he's being dragged away by the ninjas, and then the ninjas trace, chase them to the park, and Rocky's back, and he's, you know, he looks like he's too afraid to get on a ride, so he decides to help his girlfriend find her uh, purse, and he goes and gets it, and he ends up, like, finding it at the uh, lost and found, but he has to leave because he sees his brothers being chased by the criminals, by the bad guys. So they end up going to this... uh they end up at this other part of the park, which is like a stage show, like a like a cowboy action stunt show. And uh, it's very corny humor, and you know, the audience is sick of it after years. So they find out these guys are ninjas, so they fight them in this great fight scene. And what's really funny about the fight scene, like what's great as a kid, is uh, like the in the context of the movie, the people watching the show. They think it's, you know, they think it's a TV, they think it's a, just a part of the, the act of the show. It's very funny, like, they show an old couple, and the old guy's like, every year is the same old show, next time we go back to the Disney World. And then after he says that, right after he says that, Colt kicks a guy through a window and he goes flying, and then they show Colt fighting and, you know, all them fighting. And then Rocky comes in and he saves them, and it's great. So then they get chased by the, uh, other guys, they have another fight scene on the rides when, and Amanda, she basically uses her text marks to lock all the rides down except one. And uh, what happens with that is that that ride gets blocked and uh, they, um, and what happens early on in the movie, pretty early, when they get there, when everything, when the bad guys come and everything happens, is uh, Lonnie Anderson's character, Marianne Rogers, uh, Medusa, told them no cops, of course. And uh, the boys, they call the cops because that's what they think. And their father, they call for the fire department because they don't want to be seen as uh, prank callers. So the fire department comes and then they get shot at by the terrorists taking off the park and then their father is called in and uh, so he comes down to help and uh, you know she's manipulating the rides and it just turns out that he's gonna actually have to pay her like the uh, the owner of the park and he's you know he's this billionaire guy that's like you know his name is Henry Jacobson and uh, he uh so he's prepared to give them their money and when they shut down one of the rides so they have this ride and they're threatening to uh, to to drop them the, the people in like injure the people in the ride and uh, they end up uh, the three bumbling guys the three uh, idiots that are you know are helping their Aunt Medusa are, uh, they find a picture of Rocky and his girlfriend riding on a roller coaster, and they buy it, and they, well, they, they steal it, basically, and they, uh, but they pretend they're buying it, and they, um, and they go to the, um, 
so they pick up a photo of Rocky and his girlfriend, and they steal the girlfriend. They uh, kidnap uh, Jennifer, and uh, they tie her to the uh, roller coaster. And um, to roller coaster, and Rocky saves her, but of course she has to take on uh, Jim Forney's character uh, in a sword fight, like with the sword against him, and he does, and uh, he saves her, and it's great because he like she takes him down, and you know she calls him Samuel the whole entire movie, and then he goes, ah, oh, call me Rocky, like he's proud to be Rocky, and and he. Uh, he goes to, so they have that, and Jim Barney's character, uh, he gets um, arrested by the FBI. So, um, what happens is Henry Jacobson comes and with his money, and when he drops down the bag of money, uh, the bags of money, they get two of them, but Amanda uses her plane again, her toy plane, to cut the bags, the rest of the bags, in midair. And uh, the money drops down, and all the people from the park get the money instead. So Medusa kidnaps her, and uh, they subdued, you know, um, Hulk Hogan's character earlier. And the thing with Hulk Hogan's character is he wants to be a hero, but he doesn't have the actual like skills. Like he's strong, and he's obviously athletic, but he's not, you know that strong, but he decides to will power it through, and he does the best he can to save everyone. So he escapes, and he gets to them, and, uh, and then he helps the boys as they go after their friend Amanda to save her, and she gets tied to a bomb, and uh, they have to take her. And it's really cool that they, like, in the end, they, um, they move the bomb and make a, uh, what's it called? Make, like, a missile with the, with the bomb. They put, like, two uh, extinguishers, like, together with it and tape it around, and they make it go off. And the bomb goes into... Boom goes the, uh, like the Hulk Hogan character, uh, the Hulk Hogan, Dave Dragon. He hits it, and uh, they're able to uh, to go. Then the bomb goes off, and it hits the ship that they are escaping on. Now I missed a part. So before all that, before they escape, uh, there's a fight scene in the basement area. And big fight scene, it's very impressive, but then the powers get gets shut off, so it's dark, like it is before, and they don't get attacked, but they're, uh, but they're you know falling all over and they can't see, so they decide to to use what their grandfather told them, see with their ears. They close their eyes, and they have these really cool fight sequences of how they're dodging like swords and stuff. And they're just dodging while fighting with their eyes closed. And then they, they win with their eyes closed. And then... That's when... The self-destruct bomb happens and... They, they save that and... They stop that. And then... Uh, the bad guys are able to jump ship. But... Uh, Medusa ends up at the beach and she gets arrested and surrenders. And then... Uh, the boys are given, about to be given credit for, uh, you know, saving the day again. And they instead uh, give the credit to um, Dave Dragon. So, because he needs it. And uh, he's told by the, uh, by a reporter that also has a crush on him, that he is, that also likes him, like has a crush on him, is uh, that the Network wants to uh, sign him to another contract for his show to be back on air because he has a ratings resurge now and fans resurge from saving everyone. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like annoying. Like he's seen as like a good guy, but it's like you just essentially helped an actor 
like get his show back on air you know <laughs> for very selfish reasons like they but it has great fight scenes but none of the original actors and uh, it's doesn't have any like great quotes or memorable moments the basically the first movie is the best the second the movie that come out second that is chronologically the third kickback is the worst and the other two one is fine and the second one is fine it's very good and then the last one gets a lot of hate because it tanked the franchise and wasn't good and no one cared about it but hey uh it has very good fight sequences and it's good i like it so uh thank you for listening this has been a uh i don't know what i was gonna call this nostalgia rich nostalgia rich i don't know <laughs> what that could be shipped like nostalgia edition i don't know uh thank you this was long. Bye.